Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 157 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm wishing I was back in my bed. Mm. And this episode is sponsored by Rebecca Badgen. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you. Today, we will be discussing the second half of Chapter 21 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, The Eye of the Snake. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to boot, scoot, and boogie (laughs) your way through the details. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Before we begin, Megan has some weekly profit news. Megan, <laughs> Tiffany. So <laughs> <laughs> we uh, July kind of got away from us, and we never um, announced or did our donation from our patrons. So we did two this week to make up for it, and we just wanted to tell everybody where we donated money to. So. Um, the first place we donated is League of Women Voters, which it's like a isn't it the hundred year anniversary this year of Correct. women? It's this month actually oh in, of August, That's getting suffrage. the right to vote. Incredible <laughs> and not long enough, but yes, awesome. It's on the 18th. That's what my calendar on my phone says. I say August this 18th, 2020. I say this every time of women having the right to vote. We are a very young nation. We really are. We really are. I mean, you. What, what were we talking about? Were you here the other day yeah. when Marty was talking about? Was it John Adams? E- Could be. Oh, like one. Like answered. it was. It's a president <laughs> who one his grandkids, grandkid, is still like alive because he um, had children very much later in his life in his eighties. Weird yeah. man. John Tyler. John Tyler. Excuse me. Yes. So he had. He had a son when he was like in his 70s or 80s, and then his son had kids when he was in his 70s or 80s, which still is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, that's how young 
<laughs> we are. Like, there are people alive. I mean, granted, they're like 100 years old that were born before they had the right, women had the right to vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just, you know. Keep that in mind. Let's keep trucking along. Register yes. to vote. So <laughs> vote. We had 609 patrons for the month of August. So that is how much we donated to League of Women Voters was $609. So thank you guys so much for mm-hmm. allowing us yeah. to be able to do that because that's awesome. Um, and then the second place we donated to was for um, relief in Beirut and Lebanon because of the explosion that happened at the... Um, Oh, gosh. What is that called? Oh, the port. Sorry. The port. Um, So there was this massive just giving crowdfunding link going around. um, And we were, again, able to donate six hundred and nine dollars towards Impact Lebanon um, to provide disaster relief in Beirut. Mm -hmm. So, again, thank you guys so much for being patrons and allowing us to be able to give back like that because it means a lot to us and is very important. You so. guys rule. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I think we're all typing in the chat, like just thank you. Cause we have our discord chat up with our patrons. Um, and honestly, like we wouldn't be able to do any of these things if we did not have you. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a patron. Um, it really is making a difference. So yeah. Yeah. Because not only is it helping us keep the pod up and running, but and like our store and all of like the normal things that we need to keep going. But it allows us to do good as well. So that's important to us. Mm -hmm. And we appreciate that you guys let us do it. Absolute hundred percent. That's all I got. All right. Are we heading into the next section? We are. All right, Katie. Ready? Ready. I'm going to stick with the theme of the day. It's time for the recap. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we really should have gone with like an eye of the tiger if we were going to do a song. Which we kind of did last episode. You could have said this. (laughs) I I literally didn't think about it until we were reading it. And I was like, oh. Don't worry. We're going to talk about snickety snakes more. Go, go ahead, Kate. All right, <laughs> recap. So last time, Hermione was trying to help Hagrid to plan his lessons so they could be more umbrage approved, but he wasn't really listening because mm-hmm. he doesn't really understand everything that umbrage brings to the table right now. Um, she does come to inspect his class, and she makes him look absolutely awful. Uh, why is she so awful? But it's actually a really cool lesson <laughs> about festivals. Christmas is fast approaching, so we have a borough Christmas to look forward to soon, guys. I'm excited. Yay! Cool, cool. <gasps> cool. That should be the theme of our Christmas party. The the Christmas at the borough. Oh, I love that. That's super cool. I don't know if we want to have it as this specific borough Christmas. Well, because it, it's not really painful for some. <laughs> it's, it's not at the borough, though. Correct. But it's also. <laughs> A painful time. Christmas at the oh, ward. Yeah, I called it the Borough Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you're fine. We don't know that and, yet. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're, right. <laughs> you're good. But we can still do a Christmas at the Borough theme. Yeah. Do you want to have it at your house? No. 
<laughs> no. No. All righty, Ruski. Do you want to have it at Let's our house? Let's talk about... <laughs> God, no. If I was allowed on a plane. <laughs> no, I'll have to be quarantined. I would my, as well. My dad is not doing that as well. So their little club, I wanted to call, say, cub, even though that is not what I wrote. Their little club keeps getting better with their spells and such things. You know how they say practice makes perfect. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Harry and Cho <laughs> share a smooch in a conversation. And then, you know, just because they're teenagers, he has to go tell his friends. Um, and we find out that Hermione has a famous pen pal and runs not pleased what else is new um and then they just go to sleep and then harry has a very realistic dream and just knows that ron's dad is in trouble and they got to well they get mcgonagall to help him but poor guy this chapter ends roughly for him Mm. actually both for ron's dad and for harry it only gets worse from here but truly (laughs) okay so where we left off is they are at their da meeting so after about 10 minutes of practicing, nope, practicing the impediment jinx, the DA members laid out cushions all over the floor so that they can practice stunning spells safely. The room of requirement is a little bit too small for all of the members to practice at the same time. So half of the members practice and the other half observe and then they swap. And I just really appreciate Harry's teaching style. I think that's very nice. He's really good at it, actually. He, he genuinely is a very yeah. good teacher. Yeah. And I also enjoy that the room provided cushions for this. <laughs> yeah. They're like, mm, you guys are going to be falling on your awesome. butts lots. We're going to give you some cushions. <laughs> like, right. just read Harry's I mind been... as to what he was going to teach and yeah. like, made it. Yeah. They're that. like, hmm, children stunning each other? <laughs> cushions. <laughs> I like this idea of like him being a teacher. Like I think he would have been like... He would have been the best. Yeah, he would have been a really great Defense Against the Dark Arts. In my head canon, I hope that he... Went and taught, you know, after. left the ministry yeah. and went and taught. Oh, yeah. Man. After all of Cursed Child, because you don't need to be doing all that, Mr. Potter. Let somebody yeah, so, like, else you handle know what I mean? it. Like he doesn't he doesn't like the desk part of it, Mm-mm. but I think he'd love being a teacher. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think he would also not like the desk part of that. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I feel like there's more like there's more. I don't know. Practical. This is my opinion. Yeah. There's yeah. more fun things that outweigh that being he a would teacher be literally versus... the most perfect defense teacher yeah like yeah and think about like how cool it'd be like yeah harry potter taught yeah that would like, be a ton you just had some wizard werewolf i got harry potter you're dark lord trying to rise this is stupid harry potter taught me spells <laughs> <laughs> your resume just says taught by harry potter oh instant win <laughs> I'm going to put that on mine. <laughs> also, the room of requirement should have just been a giant bounce house, and then everybody would have been safe. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that would have been great. <laughs> I think that would make everything more problematic. <laughs> Meg? I think it's pretty popular in fan fiction to have Harry be a teacher. Oh, really? Is it? A, a defense, mm-hmm. yeah, a defense teacher. That's cool. That doesn't surprise me at I'm all. I'm about that life. I'm about that life as mm-hmm. well. I really enjoy it. Yeah. So Harry's looking around at everyone working, and he was, quote, positively swelling with pride as he watched them all. And I said, I am here for this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we just talked at length about how much I am here for this. Um, continuing with a quote, true, Neville did stun Padma rather than Dean, who had, nope, at whom he had been aiming, but it was much closer miss than usual, and everybody else had made enormous progress. 
I also like to remind people that he still is not using his own wand. This is correct. So like he's getting better because he's practicing. He's being more confident. Mm -hmm. He's got a teacher that um, is helping him learn in a way that's going to make him successful. But he's also not currently using tools that are effective for him. So he's doing great. Like think about Mm -hmm. what he would be able to do right now. So the right wand. When I so if you don't know, I've said this on the pod before. I guest hosted on Lumos Maxima, the um, Rolling Library podcast, and our topic of discussion was Neville. And I brought up that exact point that we have to remember that Neville's using his father's wand. Mm-hmm. He's in a comfortable environment where he's able to actually like be somewhat himself. I still think he's nervous around his peers. I would agree, but be somewhat of himself and try his best and actually learn and look at the magic he is doing. Think about what he would be capable of if he had that confidence and a wand that has chosen him. Well, and two, like if you think about him doing learning in this capacity versus learning in a classroom, mm-hmm. he has nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Um, Cause they've already been doing this for a couple of months now, but like Harry, no one's going to be like, Oh my God, you can't do this. And Oh my God, you're saying like saying all these negative things to him while he's learning. Mm -hmm. So really he's got nothing to lose. He's not going to get a bad grade. He's, he's just, they're literally just there to learn. So like for him, that's, I think a big part of it too is like, but he's just going to do what he's got to do and try. Yeah. And his friends are there to help him and help him get better. And I feel like being a Gryffindor, like one of our traits is determination. And he is determined to do this. He has such, um, people say you have to find your why when you're doing things. So his why is like his parents. Yeah. And that is absolutely pushing him. And we find out later on, you know, when the Death Eaters are broken out of Azkaban, that drives him even harder. Yeah. Yeah. So I just... I appreciate you, Neville. He's the mom.com, man. He really is. I love Neville. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sarah, maybe this is why you like order. Do you like Neville? Do you like his his arc in this book? I do. I do like Neville. Mm -hmm. I hate Umbridge. I know. You do. Yeah, me too. She's so mean to Hagrid. Like, I'll probably cry a lot when I get there. Well. Out of sadness and anger. You do you, boo. Get your emotions out. We're here for you. (laughs) So at the end of the hour, Harry tells them that they can stop and he compliments them as a good Harry would. He even told them that after the holidays, they could begin to learn some more difficult things, maybe even Patronuses. And this caused a murmur of excitement throughout the room. And I love this. This is what learning should be about. Mm -hmm. This is what learning should be like. It should be fun. It should be hands on. And I just... As a as an educator, I just I love this so much. Especially for this type of class. Like it it blows as I've said before, unless you skipped episodes, Umbridge is not teaching. She's literally monitoring a study hall where they're reading out of a book. And then ex- they're expecting students to all of a sudden use spells. Clearly, if that was a thing, all of these kids would be able to do these spells already with doing it without practicing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It's asinine. So I feel bad for everyone that's not here. You know what I mean? That all the students that are just reading out of yeah, the they're, book. They're absolutely missing out. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's to no fault of the trio, but. No, no, no. Still. It's, it's a it fault stinks. of Umbridge in the ministry. Absolutely. Shame on you. Shame, shame. Double shame. So the groups begin to leave in their usual twos and threes. 
bring that bell a little bit closer to my paw. <laughs> Most wished Harry a happy Christmas as they left, and Harry was feeling so cheerful. He's cleaning up the cushions with Ron and Hermione and neatly putting them away. Then Ron and Hermione leave before Harry did, and he hung back a little bit because Cho is still there, and he was hoping that she would say Merry Christmas to him. Ooh. That's cute. I've done this in my time where you like linger a little longer yeah. so you can talk to <laughs> do someone you to, do you have to do you have to let it linger but yeah I've done this as well. <laughs> <laughs> and you also want to be like you were trying to will people away like I wonder if Hermione was like, "Mm, uh, Ron, let's bounce. Probably. (laughs) So Harry hears Marietta. um, Oh, I'm sorry. He hears Cho tell Marietta, you know, you you can go. So she's doing it too. And then his heart leapt. He had to be cool. So he (laughs) pretended to be straightening some more cushions. (laughs) And then they're finally alone in the room now and it's quiet. And then he hears a hearty sniff. So he turns around and he sees Cho standing in the middle of the room and she's just like silently crying. Tears are streaming down her face. And he is super confused because for him, this is out of like left field. He doesn't know what to do. She's simply just standing there crying. So he says, what's up? <laughs> Harry is the smoothest I love him. I literally oh, love geez. him so much. So she wipes her face and she says, quote, I'm sorry, she said thickly. I suppose it's just learning all this stuff. It just makes me wonder whether if he'd known it all, he'd still be alive. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's not funny at all. It really genuinely no, is not. I'm thinking of something in my head that was super inappropriate to say. Also... You have to understand uh, this about Sasa. When she thinks something sad, sometimes she laughs. And that's that's not being a jerk or anything. That's just it's her reaction to some things. <laughs> and that's just Sasa. Okay. Did you see what I wrote? Yes, I saw what you wrote. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Harry's heart sinks that's at why this. I um he's sh- that's very <laughs> sorry. Okay. Um, he thinks to himself that he should have known she wants to talk about Cedric. And here's the thing about Cho in this situation. Like she's thinking if he would have learned all this, whatever with Voldemort, that kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, and I like that he says that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he tries to tell her. So, And in regards to Cho, she's someone who needs to discuss her feelings. And I think that she knows that she wants to talk to Harry to gain some details and get an understanding so she can have some kind of a closure. I think for that talking to Harry, I I think that she feels like they both went through something similar. Yes. Um, And really, like, I know Harry doesn't want to talk about it. Correct. Probably would feel a little bit better. Also correct. Talking about it. We talked about this at length in the Cho I wanted to say a documentary. That's not what we do. We don't do that. They're called Felix <laughs> <laughs> um, But like, that's really like, that's, that's something that um, is a big disconnect with the two of them mm-hmm. and their like relationship. If they, you want to say that where right. really she wants to talk about it and she's ready. Where like Harry really isn't. Yeah. Um, 
and it's hard for him. And I think because part of it is like, it's just so traumatic. Like he also doesn't know what to say. And then he does later on, but he was like, if he wants you dead, like, you're going to die. probably. Yeah. Well, except for and him. And like, Harry's like, I don't know why <laughs> I survived. Out, so. you know you're going to die, but I'm going to be okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, so Cho is trying to get some kind she needs to close this book. She needs to feel some kind of peace and like start to heal. And on the other side of this coin, this is something that also haunts Harry too. Mm-hmm. He's trying to move on, but in a different kind of way. And we find out later in Cursed Child that he never really does. And it's probably because he never really gets but, the help that he needs. And I go on to say, like we've said it a thousand times, and I'm not going to talk about this to death, but the mental health in the wizarding world and therapy are seriously lacking. Yeah. I agree with that completely. Mm -hmm. I think that even if he had gotten some help, he's still like for Harry, like that was like the start of everything. Like that was the first death. You know what I mean? Like not that he saw like right in front of his face where he was old enough to comprehend. Mm -hmm. And like, that was the big turning point. So I think that he's always going to have that weighing on him. You know what I mean? Like regardless of, it's one of those things where, like, I wish I hadn't brought him with me, and I wish I could have done this, and I wish I had done that. And I think that's also what Cho is doing right now. Yeah. Where, like, they both are, like, thinking, like, if I could have done this, and I could have done this, and I could have done this, he would have still been here. But yeah. you can't think like that, unfortunately. Yeah. So Harry addresses this because they have to talk about it. I mean, they're alone. There's literally like this has to be discussed at a little bit of length. Quote, he did know this stuff, Harry said heavily, but he and he was really good at it or he could have never gotten to the middle of that maze. But if Voldemort really wants to kill you, you don't stand a chance. She hiccuped at the sound of Voldemort's name, but stared at Harry without flinching. You survived when you were just a baby, she said quietly. Yeah, well, said Harry wearily, moving toward the door. I don't know why, nor does anyone else, so it's nothing to be proud of. Oh, don't go, said Cho, sounding tearful again. I'm really sorry to get all upset like this. I didn't mean to. So he's, like, looking to, like, get out of this situation, but she wants him to stay because she honestly really does want to talk to him and be with him, in my opinion. And I agree. Um, It's not just about talking about Cedric for her. Yeah. Because she really does enjoy his company. And Harry's looking at her. And I think this is, this is pretty sweet because he's still like, even though the conversation is very heavy, he still like looks at her and he's like thinking that, you know, she's really beautiful even when she's crying. And I think that's a sweet little thought for him. It's cute. And Cho continues on and tells Harry that she knows it must be difficult for him to her talking about Cedric because, you know, he was the one who was there and saw Cedric die. So she tells him that she supposes that he just wants to forget about it. True is true. Harry did not say anything to this. It was quite true, but he felt heartless saying it. I appreciate how he thinks about other people's feelings. It's just yeah. his way of moving on. We all hard, heal in different ways. I mean, it's just ways. a hard situation, and yeah. everyone deals with it differently. Um, but like we said before, you should talk about your feelings yeah. and such things. But I said, I, I can connect with this. Sometimes things take too much of an emotional burden that you just want to forget them and give yeah. your mind a break. Yeah, um, I get that. And, you know, he's been having dreams, so his mind is already stretched thin. Yeah. The moment between them continues on. She compliments Harry's teaching ability. I agree with her. She smiles at him. She tells him that she's never stunned anything before. I've never stunned my and heart it, like this before, Joe. <laughs> oh, Lord. Right? Some me. fanfic. <laughs> um, 
And it's an awkward switch of gears. And Harry thanks her for the compliment. And I'd like to read you through the thick fog of teenage awkwardness. Oh, please. Are you do. ready? <clears throat> Quote. <laughs> they looked at each other for a long moment. Harry felt a burning desire to run from the room and at the same time, a complete inability to move his feet. <laughs> Mistletoe, said Cho quietly, pointing at the ceiling over his head. Yeah, said Harry. His mouth was very dry. It's probably full of nargles, though. What are nargles? No idea, said Harry. She, mo she had moved closer. His brain seemed to have been stunned. You'd have to ask Looney. Luna, I mean. Cho made a funny noise halfway between a sob and a laugh. She was even nearer to him now. He could have counted the freckles on her nose. I really like you, Harry. He could not think. <laughs> A tingling sensation was spreading throughout him, paralyzing his arms and legs and brain. She was much too close. He could see every tear clinging to her eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's your kiss. <laughs> first kisses, my friends. First kisses. Can be good and can be bad. So I didn't realize true. like how word for word that was very close in the movie. But like I feel like we didn't get quite wow the level of awkwardness that we needed because it was like, what are Nargles? No idea. Bam, they're smooching. Like there was no like I also just think thought that they to didn't it. have any chemistry at no. all. Like no. Yeah. It just was not it just wasn't yeah. it just wasn't good. It just wasn't acted well. It wasn't it was filmed okay. Like I liked the aesthetic of like you know, what they set Did them you? up with. They just mm -hmm. didn't do a good job of acting it. And that's okay because it was I'm pretty sure that it was both it's of awkward. their first on screen yeah. kisses. So like is it was difficult. That's awkward. You know, think yeah. about like how awkward first kisses are anyways. And right. then having and like then a room full of people watching through. you. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, I don't remember the actress's name, but when she got that part, she got like hate mail. People hated her because she was going to kiss Dan Radcliffe. Katie Leung. And yeah. That yeah. Surprised me. Yeah. People could like, like people hated her. Well, That's she's so nice. Not nice. Crazy. Well, let's people keep in are, mind. People are, are not kind. These are young kids as also, well. Also, I'm sure, she, I guarantee you, she probably got, like, old people also hating on her. Yeah. I don't know. That's just, well, I mean, I get it. I, I shouldn't say I get it. I can see that happening because people, there are horrible people in the world. True is true. Um, don't be mean. And yeah. also, don't take time out of your day to write a hate letter. God. Write some love letters and send them through the U.S. Send them to yourself because you need some love. <laughs> All right. Yeah, send mail. <laughs> Tis your turn. Um... I'm trying to find I'll do it after this episode and send it in discord. But I have a picture of Katie and myself with Katie Leung at Universal. <laughs> Katie with two Katie's. But Megan with two Katie's. I'm sorry. <laughs> she was very cute. She was, she very, was nice. very sweet. She did a good job of answering questions. Like, she, you know how sometimes whenever you go to like a panel and you can just tell that like the people who are on the panel either don't, don't know what there. to say, don't want to be there yeah. or literally have no connection with like what they were in. But she she did have all those things and it was it was good. Yeah. Um 
someone who doesn't is Devin Murray. Not uh-huh. not mm-hmm. a good not a good interviewer about Potter because he like just acts like he doesn't care and it's like okay I'm over this. Anyway, <laughs> then don't be there, dude. Yeah, I know. It's like while well, he's getting paid, so. Um, yeah. so the awkward kiss has happened and Harry makes his way back to the common room, uh, and finds Ron and Hermione in the best chairs by the fire, which I just want to ask, how do they always get the best chairs? How do the six friends always have that couch? Okay. There is an episode where you can see that there's a little reserve sign on the table. Is there really? Really? Yes. Now that explains everything. And there's Good. also an episode where they walk in and there's a bunch of people sitting in all of the chairs and like the couch. Oh, no. And then they're like, oh, and they turn around and leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, almost everybody has gone to bed and Ron's working on, I think it's transfiguration homework. And Hermione is writing a very long letter, which is a massive roll Ooh. of parchment. And she's Ooh. already filled about half of it. Ooh, Ooh, what she's saying. (laughs) Maybe she's talking about how she's going to go to Bulgaria this summer. She's writing fan fiction. She's writing fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Hermione... Maybe she's talking about smooching. (laughs) Hermione asks Harry what kept him. And Harry wasn't really sure how to respond because part of him (laughs) wanted to just like spill beans and tell them everything that happened. And then the other half wanted to keep it secret. Which I thought was kind of cute because, like, it was his first kiss. He almost, I think that it's, like, yes, it was super awkward, but, like, it was also still just his first kiss, you know? So it's like, Harry, he clearly, while he does say that (laughs) that it was, he kind of admits to it being awkward, he also admits to kind of liking it. He doesn't get any private moments to himself, you know, because I can see him being like, I want to keep this for me. Yeah. 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 But think about like how you would feel if you found out like the guy that you kissed was like not telling any of his friends. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, You're like, oh, my like, secret then? With how close Ron and Hermione are to him. Yeah. 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 Um, so he did. He didn't say anything at first, but then they just kept pushing him for for more. And eventually they got him to admit that it was Cho who hung back with him. And apparently she cornered him after practice. <laughs> um, <laughs> back me into a corner. What was I supposed to do? I just love how like Ron's like, okay. <laughs> uh, <sighs> so Ron sniggers and is like, so uh, what did she want? And he couldn't spit it out. So Hermione finally just asked, did you kiss? <laughs> I love her. I love Ron though. He sits up so fast. I know, he's like, what? <laughs> Ron sits up so fast. He sent his ink bottle flying all over the rug, <laughs> disregarding this completely. He stared avidly at Harry. Well, he demanded. <laughs> um, Harry looked from Ron's expression of mingled curiosity and hilarity to Hermione's slight frown. And nodded. And Ron makes a triumphant gesture with his fist, which I kind of imagine is just I just like, imagine be like, yeah. Like throws his fist up in the air. Um, and went into a raucous peal of laughter that made several timid looking second ears over beside the window jump. Um, and Harry reluctantly grins uh, as he watches Ron. <laughs> 
A relaxing grin spread over Harry's face as he watched Ron rolling around on the hearth rug. Like, Ron is real excited for his best friend. I'm just saying, like, this is super cute. It's really cute. Hey, you know, lift your friends up, my friends. Yeah. That's like, right. <laughs> I'd fist pump, too. <laughs> go, go. Um, and I just said, I love this. He's building his friend up, and I think that it's cute, though... Hermione looks a little bit disgusted. And I think that this is purely just because Hermione already understands Cho's emotions. So she's just like, she wants to make sure that Cho actually was ready for this, I think. Yes, Tiffany. I read it as she's disgusted with how Ron excited is Ron yeah. is. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, she's like, God, you're such like a... Bleh. I guess I just went to that because like Hermione frowned when Ron asked. But maybe she is more annoyed that like... Or no, she asked. Oh, she frowned because she did Ron ask. sent his ink bottle flying all over. This makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're here, babes. Like, um, calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, whoa. <laughs> calm down. I want the deets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then when Ron asks how it was and Harry says wet <laughs> because she was crying, Ron like, <laughs> asks him if he's bad at kissing. Um <laughs> I love this scene in the movie. It's so funny. Yeah, and I just said, this is, I just want to point out that this scene in the movie is one of my all-time favorite scenes that they did. Mostly because it becomes a flashback at the end of the film when Harry's getting possessed by Voldemort. Yes. And you see all three of them laughing together and how much joy it brought Harry. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not going to lie. When Harry's getting possessed by Voldemort and that little scene like flashes, I I cry every time I watch it. Like it's just so <laughs> it's like, pure just love of friendship. Such good Sweet. friends. Like they're just there for him and I don't know. They just look so happy. It looks and like genuine laughter too. You know, in yeah. the movie, like it Were looks you like, like belly just laugh? like three real humans laughing. Yeah. My my favorite way to laugh is where I'm crying and it's like coming out silent. Yes. That's when you know something's really funny. Oh, yeah. That happens to me more often than one would think. It does. Yeah. There are times where I literally can't breathe. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> when we say something really funny in front of my mom, if she coughs, I know it was really funny. <laughs> um, so going back to my notes. Um Of, okay, sorry. And then Hermione says, of course you're not. She says absently, still scribbling away at her letter. How do you know? Said Ron in a sharp voice. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ron, just ask oh, her out man. already. I know, honestly, like, stop being jelly. Just ask her. So jelly. Um, and Hermione says, because Cho spends half her time crying these days. And she doesn't even notice the sharpness in Ron's voice. Like, she's just like, because she just says this vaguely, you know. Um, she says she does it at mealtimes. Oh, my notes froze. Come on. When else does she do it? I need to know. She does it at mealtimes in the loos all over the place. And then Ron goes, you'd think a bit of kissing would cheer her up. 
And then Hermione's like, Vaughn, in a dignified voice, dipping the point of her quill into her ink pot. You are the most insensitive wart I have ever had the misfortune to meet. Do you think they bring they bring this up when they're fighting later on? He goes, Why am your little insensitive wart? She, I like to think that this part of the book, though, or like this part of the chapter, because it's got about to like get really heavy, is just kind of like a little bit of like here's some fun <sighs> that's laughter was, to break up, like even Harry feeling what he's feeling right now with yeah. Cho and yeah, help us have a little laugh. It's a nice. Uh, break I was gonna say they were laughing at their first kiss, but you know yeah. they're not real people. It's just cute though. These are but these are the kind of memories that you look back on, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, just remember I have fondly. some memories <laughs> of me being mad at Megan after talking about kissing. <laughs> I don't remember this. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I get it. <laughs> For another time. Another time. Um, and then Hermione schools them on emotions, but mostly Ron. Um, and she says, well, obviously she's feeling very sad because of Cedric dying. Then I expect she's feeling confused because she liked Cedric and now she likes Harry and she can't work out who she likes best. Then she'll be feeling guilty, thinking it's an insult to Cedric's memory to be kissing Harry at all. And she'll be worrying about what everyone else might say about her if she starts going out with Harry. And she probably can't work out what her feelings towards Harry are anyway, because she was the one who was with Cedric when Cedric died. So that's all. Oh, because. Oh, because he was the one with Cedric when Cedric died. So that's all very mixed up and painful. Oh, and she's afraid she's going to be thrown off the Ravenclaw Quidditch team because she's been flying so badly. So <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at the boys. Sorry. The boys are just like stunned by this. They're just, I just imagine them like sitting across from her, like with their jaws kind of dropped. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but like, that's so true. It really is. But I don't know. We're four women. So this is coming from the perspective of like a woman saying like, yeah, I can totally understand why she would be thinking all of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And feeling all of those things. I talk and- to Marty about this all the time and I tell him he's like, like, you just need to like, you know, shut your brain off and relax. And I told him, I looked at him and go, I literally, I can't shut my brain off. And I don't even, I can't even comprehend. I don't know what that how, would be like. How that could work. Yeah. I'm always thinking about something, yep. whether it's thinking about something I'm currently doing. Um, when anxiety hits something in the past, cause that's dumb. Yep. And, or something that I need to like do in the future. And I literally, I can't even fathom what it would feel like for my Mind not to be running. Yes. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty great. And I wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, like I yeah. can just do that. And I, it's I, crazy uh, how different people's minds are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's bananas. So if you're a person that can shut your brain off, thank your lucky stars. Yeah, really. Because not all of us have that pleasure. <laughs> all right. So anyway, the boys are stunned by all of this. And Ron exclaims one person can't feel all that at once they'd explode i just want to be like oh ron oh ron but they can they can and it's called having anxiety and just like not knowing (laughs) being a human yeah it's called having emotions ronald um anyway and hermione's comeback is one for the ages with just because you've got the emotional range of a teaspoon doesn't mean we all have. 
I love it. it. That quote brings me such joy. It really does. And it's so true. It's Isn't it that, isn't it after that is when they start laughing yeah. in the movie? Yeah. So I found this article on The Atlantic, and this is from 2014, but I just thought that it was interesting. So um, there it says new research says that there are now only four emotions that we can feel as humans. So conventional Hmm. scientific understanding is that there are six, but new research suggests new meaning in 2014. So not really new anymore, um, that there may only be happy, sad, afraid slash surprised and angry slash disgusted. Um, So just because and I and I it pulled this article because they quote Hermione in this article. So that's why I was like, wow, this is funny. So the very first sentence says. Just because you've got the emotional range of a teaspoon doesn't mean we all have. An angry Hermione tells her friend Ron in a heated Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix moment. Actually, though, we all might have. New research from the Institute of Neuroscience and Psychology at the University of Glasgow published this week says the range of human emotion may be a little closer to a teaspoon than previously thought. Um... So conventional scientific wisdom recognizes six classic emotions, which are happy, surprised, afraid, disgusted, angry, and sad. But the Glasgow scientists studied people's facial expressions and the emotions they signal by showing people computer-generated facial animations. They asked the observers Mm -hmm. to characterize the faces based on those six basic emotions and found that anger and disgust Anger and disgust looked very similar to the observers in the early stages, as did fear and surprise. So, for example, both anger and disgust share a wrinkled nose and both surprise and fear share raised eyebrows. So the thing was, as time went on, the face showed the distinction between the two. But when the emotion first hit, the face signals were very similar, suggesting that the distinction between anger and disgust and between surprise and fear is socially not biologically based. I thought that was cool. I don't know if I agree with that. I think I'd like to see. This. I'd like to see some other. Work I'd like on to see more topic. science. Like I want to see where exactly. Like you know how they could put like leads and like uh, not probes, but like yes. things yeah. on your head mm-hmm. so they can see what part of your brain yeah. is lighting up. That is what I would like to see. Yeah, personally. Yeah. <laughs> now, like facial expressions, which is cool, but like I need to be more in depth. Yeah, and more studies. You know. And I like who, who paid knows for the study. How- accurate this still is because it is from six years yeah. ago but they yeah. quoted Hermione mm-hmm. in the article so why not but also it's like, pretty cool question about that yeah just because you only see so many emotions doesn't mean you don't feel six emotions correct Sarah T that's what I'm saying just said in the chat okay. sounds like we can interpret for emotions but experience a lot more yeah, yeah. which I like amen yeah. Yeah. yeah but that's really cool that's interesting mm-hmm I guess according to Inside Out, we would only have four emotions, though. <laughs> That's true. I love that movie. That's such a fantastic so movie. Also, no, five. Joy. There's happiness. Oh, joy. In the- yeah, yeah, you're joy. right. Five. Sorry. She's not in the picture. I, I know. Forgot I know. about her. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Five. Disgust, anger, joy, sadness, and fear. Which one are they missing from the six? What is it? Anger. I don't know. Did you, surprise. Mm, surprise. Did you notice that in... Jeez, can you imagine surprise <laughs> being in there? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that so surprising. Was, that would have been kind of funny. <laughs> Ooh, Brandon, the six emotions are like primary colors. They're the main ones, but combine them for more emotions. I like that. 
I like mm. it. I'm into that. Also, have you ever seen that thing where, like, in that movie, depending on whose brain they zoom into, like, there's a different like emotion in, control. In, in charge? Uh-huh. Yeah. That is probably uh, one of the best actually adult-oriented Pixar movies. Like, mm-hmm. I think that it means so much more to watch that movie as an adult than it does as a kid. Obviously, it's still cute for kids, but, like, they made that movie for adults. I am convinced. I like that they changed yeah. the food that the kid was eating, depending on where they were showing the movie, because they were, like... Like here, like a lot of people hate broccolis and broccolis, broccoli, broccolis. I think another version of it showed like green peppers. It's like the food that she didn't want to eat. Yeah, oh, really? That was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Pixar's cool. Both Pixar's of those things. Pixar is cool. Are great on pizza though. Pour so. one out for Bing Bong. Um, um, I don't love green peppers on my pizza, but I won't bing bong. hate bing them. Bing Bong, Bing Bong. It's her imaginary, imaginary friend. Her imaginary friend. Yeah, I've only seen that movie once. Watch so it, it again. Watch it yeah. You'll like it. Sadness uh, is the greatest. It was all right. I didn't like Joy at all. Sadness was my lady. It's because I like disgust. Sad songs with Sarah. Although fear would be all right, Katie. Let's, let's let's go back to the chapter. All right, all right. <laughs> So Harry's like, look, chose the one that started it. I wouldn't have done it, but she sort of came at me. And next thing I knew, she's crying all over me and I didn't know what to do. And Ron's like, I don't blame you. Come mate. at me, Joe. I know. <laughs> like he didn't want to kiss her. <laughs> That's all I could think of. Um, <sighs> and Hermione's like, you just need to be nice to her. And then she's like, you were, weren't you? So he turns a nice shirt of red and he's like, I mean, I patted her on the back a bit, which is like, <laughs> way to go, Harry. Good job. But like, I what do you that do, that's though? Right. I'm bad with crying people because I might also cry with you. But like, I don't. I, some people just don't know what to do. Yeah. I feel like when Harry is bad at hugging. Mm. I need to teach him how to hug. Hey, he was never I hugged. I'm not a great hugger. He was never hugged. I wouldn't say mm. never. He was probably hugged for the first year and a half of his life. Well, that he can remember. Yeah. You know? He he got hugged uh, last year. Molly Weasley hugged him. And it was awkward for him. He got hugged last um, yeah. year. It was hard he for him to do. Yeah. That's sad. That's <laughs> like super it's not sad. okay. No, it's not okay. It's there's, awful. There's a lot of research that say like about Hugs babies the be- being... Like, do you need it's an yeah. emotional thing that you need literally like, when i feel out endorphins when i feel bad marty literally will just hold me and it literally makes you feel so much better mm-hmm. i imagine holding hands gives you some of those oh my god like, oh yeah endorphins and stuff or whatever whatever your brain releases with a hug you can also do that with holding hands my mm. number one love language is touch so i'm literally like i make sure like I like being hugged and I like holding hands. So Alana and I are always holding hands. Marty and I always hold hands. Like I just like that connection. And also one thing is I make sure like to the people you love, like tell them you love them all the time. Cause some people yeah. don't like, if they're not told that often, they don't receive that yeah. very well. So just make sure if you love someone, tell them. Agreed. Um, I was going to say something. And I including your friends. Tell your friends you love them. Yeah. 
Guys, I love you. Uh, I love you all. Eh, y'all are I love right. you. Sarah, I love you. <laughs> I don't do well with hugging. Hugging makes me anxious, to be honest with you. Like, I, this is an, a huge anxiety of mine. Like, if I know I'm somewhere and I have to hug someone, like, say I'm going to, like, meet, like, friends or, like, go to a family thing. And really, now you don't do it because of Corona. But, like, I literally, in my head, have to play out how I'm going to hug this person. Did your mother hug you? Strange anxiety. Yeah, we've hugged. I just hey, not, I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable. Everyone's different. That's okay. Hmm. Isn't it funny it how I like thrive off of it? I don't know where my it. arms are going to go. Like literally. So you're like socially. thing makes me. You're even s- just thinking about it. Are you really socially anxious? Oh, I'm Tiffany. Okay. There, there it is. I, so you <laughs> well, might all not, day, every day. You might not necessarily like the hugging portion, but maybe like just the social aspect of it. What do you mean? Or do you think it's like all of it? What do you mean all like, of it? Like if I hugged you, would that be weird? No, because you hug me a lot. Because <laughs> I told you guys I'm so such like a you, hugger. Like hugging you doesn't really make me anxious. Hugging like certain people. So it's like, like the social Alex, piece. She hugs you no matter what. You know what I mean? Like my best friend Jen and I have been friends for how long have you and Marty been together? It's going to be 12 years, right? Yeah. So we've been friends for 12 years and I can count on both hands how many times we've hugged. I think the last time we hugged was at my grandma's funeral. Sometimes, there might have been one after that. It's so funny that you And that was years ago. Like, we don't hug. Sometimes you and I hug for really awkward periods of time where people yeah. would be like, why are you hugging so long? Sarah's like, like I just yeah, because I love you. Into it. She's like, yeah, I counted every <laughs> no, second. Uh, she tries to hold me in the pool all the time. She likes to carry me around like a baby in the pool. <laughs> it's because, like, you're small enough for me to, like, hold and you're not. It's not an awkward thing to hold you in the pool. No, I like it. I like being held. But, like, Megan makes me, Megan and Katie make me hug them. I try oh not, but I've hugged I them not enough. To make you hug me like all the time, though. Like I, like I, like I hugged you when they know we left. When you guys left, yeah. But like, yeah. for important moments, that's the only time I remember you guys hugging. But like going, memory. like I, I can but even I remember like really awkward hugs in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a hugger. A lot of my friends, Jen, Jen will say like I'm one of her only friends that she's like we don't hug. Like she hugs Bridget all the time. We just don't hug. She hugs Joelle all the time. I hug some of Bridget's friends. I just am not like, I just know going in if I'm going to have to hug someone or not. Um, and usually my friends, I'm just, I'm used to it. So it's fine. But like with family members, I'm not, or like random strangers. Also the whole handshaking thing. Well, that's it makes me real awkward. I don't know. I don't like any of it. And talking about it makes me anxious. And we really should talk about Harry Potter. Cause this is real. We're getting deep and sweaty into your digest- psyche. Not digestive. What am I thinking? Cookies? No. <laughs> Ooh, digestives are so good. We're getting off topic. Super All right. Off topic. Katie, Katie, we'll let you keep going. Okay. We'll allow it. We'll all allow it. <laughs> um, okay. So Harry's like, yeah, I patted her back a little bit. And Hermione looks like she's trying reals hard not to roll her eyes. Oh um, which, you know, he's never, he's never kissed anyone yeah. before. Especially like... He's played Sorry, this out and he hasn't, <laughs> it went very differently in his mind. Like she wasn't crying. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is yeah. totally a different situation than he ever could have expected. Yeah. Um, so, well, but she, I think also too, with like the whole hugging thing and like the touching thing, like she was raised with her parents where he was not. So she might've had that type of relationship where she was hugged and like they did those things and that was normal. But for Harry, like it's not, you know what I mean? Right. It's not normal. Not his normal right now for all of those things to happen. I'm sure right? Ginny teaches him. 
Okay. <laughs> Let us remind our listeners seems, that this is the most awkward kiss in the movie. A little stunted in Cursed Child with his feelings with his children. So who knows? I will say that Harry and Ginny's kiss before he leaves on his mission for Horcruxes in Seven before the wedding. That's a good one. Mm. In the book? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a real good one. <laughs> <laughs> She's gotten a lot of practicing, which is fine. <laughs> I love them together in the books. You don't like them together in the movies? You don't Not like how bit. she ties They didn't write her well. Shoelaces. Um, let's talk about Harry. Yeah. Katie, Katie's like two sentences into her <laughs> section. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. <laughs> so Hermione's like, well, are you going to see her again? And Harry's like, well, yeah, we have DA meetings, right? And she's like, no, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, did you ask her out? Oh, right, so Johnny. funny. <laughs> so I'm going to read a little bit from the book. Harry said nothing. Hermione's words opened up a whole new vista of frightening possibilities. He tried to imagine going somewhere with Cho, Hogsmeade perhaps, and being alone with her for hours at a time. Of course, she would have she would have been expecting him to ask her out after what had just happened. The thought made his stomach clench painfully. So eventually Hermione's like, oh well, like, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to ask her because you know you'll be seeing her at those DA meetings. And Ron's like, well, what if he doesn't want to ask her? And he's like watching Harry with an unusually shrewd expression on his face. Don't be silly, said Hermione vaguely. Harry's liked her for ages, haven't you, Harry? He didn't answer. Yes, he had liked Cho for ages, but whenever he had imagined a scene involving the two of them, it had always featured Cho, a Cho who was enjoying herself, as opposed to a Cho who was sobbing uncontrollably into his shoulder. Quick change of subject. Ron is like, Hermione, like, who are you writing a novel to? Because the parchment is now trailing on the floor. And she's like, Victor. And he's like, those are some crumb. And she's like, how many other Victors do we know? Yeah, it's Victor Crumb. (laughs) (laughs) So he doesn't say anything. He looks rails upset and disgruntled. And that just leads them to sitting in silence. Hermione's writing her letter. Ron's writing his transfiguration essay, which, okay, he probably doesn't want to be doing homework anyway, but he's like, very impatient about it but he's probably just thinking like what is she writing to crumb what is she saying what are they talking about yes meg what is she talking about i don't know there are times by the lake not to be confused with the lake universe i mean she's probably like they probably don't write every week so she's probably be like and this happened and then this happened i feel like that like hermione is a very detailed how i love thee let me count the ways but do you think that like do you think that they were like flirting in letter like do you think that like she wanted to like yes are you crazy yes i mean how how does one flirt I don't think either one of them would be very good at flirting. I'm really good at flirting. Well, maybe she would be good so at flirting. So I'll, you know, I, I, I can mean flirting. Feel this. this is flirting via owl. Yeah, like what does that look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. I like the it way It looks you like letters on a parchment. Saw you in the Daily Prophet. <laughs> <laughs> well, is she, is this the How summer that he invites that her to though? Bulgaria? I think so. So maybe they're like talking about their plans. Hope you have a good Christmas. Or reminiscing about memories. Mm. Memories. Me oh, and you by the lake. <laughs> there was a bug in my hair. <laughs> Dancing at the Yule Ball. 
I feel like Hermione is like a stream of consciousness writer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, Even I love you. Victor, I do. I do. She's like how she speaks. I'm like this too. How she speaks is how she writes. That's how I. Yeah. That's how I do. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a trait of good writing. Well, thanks, Stephanie. <laughs> I'm not a good writer, so maybe I don't do that then. Mm. It's not my strong suit. Um, so Hermione's writing a letter. Ron's annoyingly finishing his essay and probably <laughs> just feuding in his brain with Hermione. And Harry's staring at the fighter. The fire quote. <laughs> There's, There's a, a fighter, fighter in the room. room. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all fighters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, quote, wishing more than anything that Sirius's head would appear there and give him some advice about girls. Okay, Harry. He's probably the worst person to give you advice about girls because <laughs> I just imagine him being the biggest player there ever was that Gryffindor or Common Room has ever seen. I mean, I think it depends on what your end goal is. He could be very helpful that's if need be, that's I think. True. Um, but it ends I up... I think he'd be helpful. Huh? I think he would be helpful. He probably would. He probably would. I'm going for stereotypical fan he fiction. He would be fantastic Sirius. with flirting. <laughs> yeah. I think Sirius is a huge flirt. Maybe Hermione should reach yeah. out to him and be like, hey, Sirius, how do I flirt with Victor? What should I say? What should I write to him in my love letter? <laughs> should I write about the beetle in my hair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so once again they find that they are the last ones in the common room this is like a real recurring theme for these guys they're yeah, up real late go to bed go sleep get some sleep <laughs> so hermione goes to bed um and as ron and harry head to bed like as soon as he gets away from hermione he like looks at harry and he demands he's like what does she see in crumb and harry he is so emo like he is so emo about this and harry actually thinks about it he's like well he's older and like he is an international quidditch player and ron's like yeah but like apart from that i mean he's a grouchy git isn't he and harry's like mm, yeah he is a bit grouchy but he's not really paying attention too much he's more uh thinking about cho can you read what you actually wrote oh he's focused on cho thoughts no, before that. Oh. <laughs> He's a bit crouchy. <laughs> <laughs> Barty? Crouch? Um, but, like, realistically, I think part of Rye, besides the fact that, like, Hermione views Victor as a friend, and maybe she does, like, like him like that, but he at least shows interest in her. You know what I mean? Like, that's refreshing to have someone yeah. show interest in you when, like, Ron likes her, but, like, doesn't do anything, you know? Yeah. He's a, he didn't pluck up the courage to ask her. Blah, blah, blah. Truth. You know? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I do not say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, this whole chapter, poor Harry. This whole, hard. This whole chapter. Oh, to get real hard. Kind. So, ugh. oh, let me get my book out. <laughs> I was like, I don't need anything in my backpack. I'll need my book to read. Oh, I like that backpack. To read. Amazon. Hmm. That's not the right book. I could read from um, The Dragon Reborn. No? That sounds okay. like Harry Potter. Cool, cool. That whole title is a spoiler. Is it, though? I don't know. So, <laughs> you know, if they go to bed, they say their good nights. Good night, Ron. Good night, Harry. <laughs> 
So they're in their beds. <laughs> Is that what Rod and sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't gone through puberty yet. <laughs> um, oh until it gets noted that like Harry didn't even like close his um, drapes or whatever they were called on his bed. Bed hangings. Sure. And he just keeps thinking about Cho and the smooch. Um, and he's kind of thinking of like how she was feeling. Like, was she mad at him for not asking her out? Or like, was she just thinking of Cedric? Um, and he really didn't think he didn't really like thinking about all of the emotions that Hermione had mentioned that Cho was most likely feeling. But he had the thought that they should teach. Um, <laughs> he had the thought that they should teach about girls brains at Hogwarts. Because <laughs> oh he's like in thinking this, he's like, it's probably more useful than divination. Mm. And I said, funny, you should mention divination because you're about to dream a little dream, my friend. Dream, Ooh. dream, dream. Um, or yeah, is it like, see, I don't know. See, see. Oh. I don't think he's seeing. I think it's the Horcrux, Tiffany. Oh, Whoa. your two, two little thoughts there just kind of merged into one now, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> but when we talk about Harry being a seer, we don't say it's like of future events. It's of the current. He literally is inside Nagini. He is Nagini, who's also another Horcrux. I think the two Horcruxes are connected. Who also used to be a person. <gasps> What's going on? I don't know. Oh, for a second, I was like, whose hand is that? And then I realized it was yours. Do you have anything else to say? No, I'm stretching. Um, I don't, don't, I will stretch. say this. This has nothing to do with what we're about to talk about, but like, I don't, I, I felt some type of way when it was like, they should teach about girls' brains. Just talk to them. That's what you should do. Have a conversation with someone if you don't know but what they're thinking. he just needs somebody to say that to him now, doesn't he? <laughs> I'll tell him. Harry, have a conversation with her. <laughs> Open your mouth and speak, boy. It's years late in that. Correct. <laughs> Correct. He is 40 this year. Oh my that's God. Um, that's why they made the shirt. So I'm going to read from the chapter. So it says Harry dreamed that he was back in the DA room. Cho was accusing him of luring her there under false pretenses. She said that he had promised her 150 chocolate frog cards if she had showed up. Harry protested. Cho shouted, Cedric gave me loads of chocolate frog cards. Look. And then she pulled out fistfuls of cards <laughs> from inside her robes and threw them into the air. And then turned into Hermione, who said, you did promise her, you know, Harry. I think you'd better give her something else instead. How about your fireball? And Harry was protesting that he could not give Cho his fireball because Umbridge had it. And anyways, the whole thing was ridiculous. He'd only come to the DA room to put up some Christmas baubles shaped like Dobby's head. And then the dream changed. So um, in my humble opinion, this just sounds like a little bit of a stress dream to me. Like, obviously he's worried about the entire Cho situation. He, Cedric really right now is always in the back of his head. And then there's a whole umbrage and Quidditch and he's banned for life, which will never not be funny to me. <laughs> Cause she's an idiot. And then even Dobby using Harry's face for decorations where like, you know, it's one of those things where like Harry really isn't the type of guy that wants to be the center of attention. And Dobby's like, here, here's your face on some Christmas baubles. They're hanging from the ceiling. So like all of these things, you know, you talk about, or, you know, however many pages ago, Hermione's talking about all these emotions that Cho is feeling. And then there's Harry and he's feeling all of these emotions. So it's like the same thing. Mm. Like, think about it, talk about it, have a conversation. You might feel better and you might have a better dream. 
So then the dream changes and he feels like he also has changed. Like, have you ever had a dream like that where you're like, you, you knew it was you, but you didn't look like you or yeah. like, you knew it was your house, but it didn't look like your yeah, house. Yeah. Um, no, so weird. you've never had a dream like that. Oh, no. it's oh my gosh. It happens me. all oh. the time for me where I'll be like, you were there, Katie, but you didn't look like you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, I know it was You've never you. had a dream even where like you were at a house, but it was your house, but it wasn't your house. No. And I often don't remember my dreams and the ones that I do, it's always Marty being the worst. I had weird dreams this morning, but I don't really remember them. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but like even my sister, we recently actually, there's a Felix files where I was talking to um, our friend Ezra about dreams. I had some crazy dreams and my sister like in May. Um, weird. Anyways, dreams, man, they're weird. And I think part of it too is like, you know, especially if you, aren't letting your emotions out and aren't talking about it. Like your subconscious is going to bring that forward in your dream um, and be like, Hey, this is stuff, you know, these are things anyways. <laughs> so Harry in this dream, he felt more powerful. He's felt smooth and even flexible. And he was gliding um, along the floor that was stone. He was flat on the floor sliding. There were metal bars that he was like kind of sliding in between of. And wherever he was, it was really dark. What are you laughing at? Penny. Um. <laughs> are they making fun of me? No, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So he's he's gliding in between these um like metal bars and wherever like he was in the stream, it was really dark, except there there were these objects that were like around, but they were kind of shimmering in strange, vibrant colors, but they don't really specify what colors they were. Hmm. And so he was able to kind of see like down like one corridor, and at first he's thinking, Oh, like it's just an empty corridor, like this is weird. And then he sees on closer inspection a man that's sitting on the floor, and then sort of he's able to taste the air, and he knows the man is still alive, but he's kind of sleeping. And so, like, in the dream, Harry has the urge to bite the man that's sitting on the floor, but he has more important things he has to do, so he's not gonna do it. So I'm going to read again from the chapter. It says, but the man was stirring a silverly. Nope. It's not a word. A silvery cloak fell from his legs as he jumped to his feet. And Harry saw his vibrant blurred outline towering above him. Saw a wand. I don't know. I said like a wand, (laughs) a wand withdrawn from a belt. He had no choice. He reared high from the floor and struck once, twice, three times. I just scared my cat off my lap real bad. Three times, plunging his fangs deeply into the man's flesh, feeling his ribs splinter beneath his jaws, feeling the warm gush of blood. That is some descriptors. Yes, Megan. We're dark now. Whose invisibility cloak is that? Isn't it Moody's? It's Moody's, I believe. Oh, okay. Also, they're not that. They're 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 rare, but not so rare. You know what I mean? I feel like auras well, would Harry's have yeah. is rare. Harry's, Harry's is the only real one. Harry's is the cloak. Yeah. And then the other ones, they end up losing their stuff, don't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. After like the demi guy's one. hair goes yeah. wonky. I don't know. What's the correct term for that? <laughs> <laughs> um And so then like obviously the guy in the dream that he just bit and shattered some ribs. Um, sorry for that being 
said um he's yelling obviously the man is in pain and then mm-hmm. harry's kind of like can hear someone yelling his name like in real life and his head is excruciatingly painful Ugh. right now um so he wakes up and he kind of realizes like he is completely totally covered in sweat mm. and he must have been like turning around or like doing something in his bed because his sheets were basically like strangling him it like literally in the book says like they were like a straitjacket on him Mm-hmm. Um, and he felt like there was a white hot poker being applied to his forehead. <sighs> That's just sounds that, like, yeah, horrible. I imagine like my worst headache or migraine. I've had like two migraines in my life. So They're I imagine awful. that, but times like a million Ugh. is how Harry's head feels. Ugh. So he sees that Ron is kind of standing over him and Ron's looking terrified. It's like, I would be cause Ron or Harry, you know, is just probably thrashing, well, yelling, whatever knows, else. Like, that stuff that, like this yeah. can happen and he's probably terrified like oh my god what are you seeing you know what i mean yeah 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 but then he's like saying well maybe because it's his dad anyway so he's like sort of harry can kind of see like the other guys like in his room or close to his bed as well like kind of also staring at harry because mm-hmm. you know i'm sure this all woke everybody up and so he ends up like harry ends up turning and like vomiting and one of them says like maybe they should go call someone because it looks like harry is really sick um and so, like, Harry knew he had to get out, like, what he just learned in his sleep. So he's trying to, like, sit up, and he's kind of praying, like, he doesn't vomit again so he can really just tell Ron. And he tells him that his dad has been attacked. And then, obviously, this is not something that Ron is ever expecting Harry to say because, like, this is just a very unique situation to, like, be in and happen or whatever. Yeah. And so he tells Ron that his dad has been bitten, and it's very serious. He's like, I saw a lot of blood. And then whomever was worried about Harry then is like, I'm going to go and get help. So they leave to get help. While Ron reminded Harry, like, dude, like, you were just dreaming. Like, I'm telling you, like, he's fine, blah, blah. And Harry's, like, adamant. He's, like, no, like, your dad, Mr. Weasley, is in trouble. And whatever dream he had, he wasn't, like, it wasn't an ordinary dream. Like, I know what I saw. I saw it. I I was there. He said it. He did it. Like, he being, like, I was the one that did it. Like, Harry's, like, I bit him in my dream. But, like, it wasn't a dream. So he's still kind of sweating because, obviously, like, this is your adrenaline's rushing all that stuff mm. and the pain in his head is going away a little bit but he still like throws up again and then this is when he learned that it had been neville that had gone to get help because he can hear him um or i think ron is the one that tells him and ron really doesn't think that harry is well he's like dude like you're not well like what like just you need to calm down like all this stuff yeah megan um how, what do you think dean and seamus are thinking right now because like it took a long time well at this point Seamus is still kind of iffy about Harry, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, they and it's noted like they keep like talking to each other. So like they maybe s- they just think he's going crazy. Th- that's what I was going to say. Like they they started, didn't they start getting along, or is that later? I feel like it might. Be I think it's later. later. I feel like we haven't seen him really at all. Talk. They're probably talking about how he's like crazy. bat poop crazy. Yeah. Um, and so Harry really does not let up on this whole thing. He's, he's like, I know what I saw in my dream. I know that I need to figure out like what happened. It involves a snake and that snake was huge. And he's like trying to get out of bed, but Ron literally like does not stops him. He like won't let him get up. Um, and then there's like some time that passes and like no one's really talking except for like Dean and Seamus are like muttering to each other. And the pain in Harry's head is slowly getting better. 
better. I know. Um, so that's very weird. <laughs> he could finally hear Neville's voice and like footsteps coming back to the room. And so McGonagall comes in and she asks him like, what's wrong? Um, and he is so grateful that she is the one that came mm. and that she's there because she's also like a member of the order of the Phoenix. And so mm-hmm. he immediately tells her like, what's going on with Ron's dad. He's been attacked. It's serious, not black, but it's just a serious situation to be in. Um, <laughs> he's like, I'd seen it happen. And McGonagall's like, um, I'm going to need some clarification on what you mean when you say you've seen it happen. And so Harry seen it. I seen it. (laughs) And Harry truly like, isn't sure how it happened. Um, that like he dreamed it, but he knows what he dreamed was real. And at this point, Harry is angry that they think it was all a dream. And this is a quote from a book. It says, I was having a dream at first about something completely different, something stupid, which is like, if you think about it, however many minutes ago all of this show stuff was going on like that was like the biggest thing in his head right now yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like going through Cho's emotions and like all of these things and like what he, what that kiss meant to him and like how he wanted to change the situation whatever else and now it's his best friend's dad's been attacked and he's like that's literally does not mean anything right now like i need to think about ron's dad mm-hmm. we need to get to him whatever else and he goes on to say and then this interrupted it it was real i didn't imagine it mr weasley was asleep on the floor and he was attacked by a giant snake there was a lot of blood oh excuse me it says a load of blood he collapsed someone's got to find out where he is and so mcgonagall seems to be horrified at what harry is telling her um and before she even can say anything harry defends himself that he isn't lying or mad and he's telling them Mm -hmm. that he saw it happen but mcgonagall tells him that she believes him and to put on a dressing gown so they're going to go talk to the headmaster but really i think more so like she's horrified obviously at like what he's telling her but he's also kind of saying like there's no reason he should know what they were doing so there's no reason he should know that he's in a corridor and if mcgonagall knows like what that it's um like Arthur's turn to like guard the corridor and all that stuff. Harry shouldn't know this. So him telling her this is like making really making her being like, see. Oh yeah. shoot. Mm-hmm. Like it's real. Like we need yeah. to this go evidence. Gotta go talk to Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah. Megan, you had your hand up. I was, I was basically going to, basically gonna say that like McGonagall isn't questioning him because she probably knows that Arthur yeah. was there. And the fact that Harry's saying these things yeah. is probably terrifying her. Like, yeah, oh, wow. like, well, also because like you shouldn't be able to do this anyways. Right. But like now, like it's terrifying, like that he's having these quote dreams. It's terrifying that someone was attacked and it's terrifying that like Harry's able to tell her like something that he shouldn't know anything about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And that's just like a terrifying like dream i don't want i don't like to call them dreams because it's not a dream like he it's the he horcrux was there. yeah he was transferred <laughs> yeah memory in yeah there. yeah i know we I, all laugh about it but it I was it was <laughs> the horcrux um yeah um traumatic man. question do we think sure i just thought of this now but like so we know that Dumbledore. And Vinny said it's a Zoom call. We know that Dumbledore <laughs> purposefully is leaving Harry out of the dark on a lot of things, mostly because he's scared. Out of the dark. Out of the dark. <laughs> you mean in the, in, in the dark? In the dark. I meant out to say the out dark. of the dark. And then halfway and through, then- changed it to <laughs> in the dark, and that didn't work. Um, so, do you think that he not only is purposefully leaving him out of the loop? Because he's worried that something he knows might get back to Voldemort. But I wonder if Dumbledore predicted something like this may happen. 
And this yes, would probably. help allow help allow them to know um, <laughs> what, what the connection actually be. is. Mm. Like almost kind of like mm. ooh, my headphones just fell off. Confirming what he's thinking. Yeah, I also yeah, confirming um, his thoughts. Like if we leave him in the dark yeah. and something like this happens and he warns the teachers like the mm. teachers who are in the order, obviously, right. but he tells yeah, them right. like Harry might have visions. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. especially McGonagall, because she obviously would be the one that anybody would go to because she's head of Gryffindor house. But like if yeah. he has visions, believe him and bring him to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I think he would say that, to be honest. He feels like a very like keep my, my secrets close to me or keep my keep my thoughts close to me. So like he doesn't want just in case, you know what I mean? So I don't know if he would tell others i think mcgonagall like obviously she's his head of house and if something like this is going to happen she's going to bring him to dumbledore anyways not because he asked her to but just that's what mcgonagall would do you know what i mean i can understand that Mm -hmm. i think any anybody who's in the order with anything regarding harry potter it's always going to be go to dumbledore yeah yeah i think that but i also think like dumbledore Nobody knows the whole, tr- not, I don't want to say truth, but like Dumbledore's whole Story. plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, some of it, they know some of it, they know some of it. I um, just like, you just need you. He just gives you what you need to know. Minus Harry. And I think part of that with Harry is also like, he doesn't want to get super emotionally involved. And, you know, he does say like later on, he being Dumbledore is like, yeah, I didn't do it right. But like also hindsight's twenty twenty, So like, I don't like saying that 2020 <sighs> get it. Cause it's a horrible year. <laughs> anyway. So, <laughs> you know, he says like hindsight, like hindsight 2020 with like Harry and like, I should have done things differently, but like, I feel like had he done things differently, it wouldn't have ended up necessarily the same way. So, mm. um, I can see him maybe doing something a little bit like that. Like I said, anything, anything regarding something strange with Harry Potter is obviously going to be different than regarding any other. Like, yeah, I think, like, I, 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 but I don't know if he's going to be, I think give them all of the information. I think, oh, no, for sure not. Like, just be like, if Harry's involved, like, come to me. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, that's all he would say. Like, yeah, be like he's going to have some dreams, man. Because because McGonagall doesn't know anything about not to say she doesn't know anything about anything, but she doesn't know anything about Harry's anything. She doesn't know. about Yeah. Yeah. I just I guess I just um, I just wonder, though, like especially. Well, we all we do know McGonagall and Dumbledore have a special relationship in terms of like their trust Mm -hmm. for each other. They've known each other for a very long time. (laughs) Um, And with McGonagall being Harry's head of house I'm not saying Dumbledore would say he could have a connection with the Dark Lord through the Horcruxes but like (laughs) just something like he might he might do this he might have a dream he might wake up in the middle of the night you might be called (laughs) he might have a dream (laughs) I might have a dream but like Um, just like no I get what you're saying her for this situation and be like make sure that you mm, get him to me because that's when I know I need to talk to him because I'm avoiding him until this happens you know uh, because he didn't did he tell people he was avoiding I don't think he did. Well, I don't know if he would say those words, but like in his mind, he would be like, I know that that's my time to actually get involved now. 
and, and oh, speak with yeah. him. So for his, in his own thought process, yes. he would think that. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Kaidei. The, the Order might already be aware that he has these, well, at least one vision because what, fourth year mm-hmm. he was having that constant dream. Which he told yeah. Sirius about, yeah. which I'm sure Sirius told Dumbledore about, and, and it may have come up during a meeting. Yeah. So some people I think it's might kind of unspokenly aware. spoken. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. So if like everybody knows, well, and like but Dumbledore like they don't talk about it. Maybe Kingsley and Remus to trust Harry, right? So like, if that got back to McGonagall, or even if it didn't, I mean, yeah, I I think. Well, that was the last thing Dumbledore said to them mm, right. before he died. But whatever so involved that Harry, I'm pretty sure Dumbledore's like, yeah, just go with it. <laughs> That's part of the plan. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder yeah, if it did one. come up because of mm. that. Like, I wonder if that ever came up in a meeting and then mm. this happens and McGonagall's like, oh, like, I, I remember this being talked about. On top mm-hmm. of the fact that, like, it's confirming everything because she probably knows where Arthur right, is exactly. and all that stuff. Like, like, yeah, oh, whose schedule yeah. is whose. But yeah. do you think she, do you think she knows, like, what would be the point of her knowing knows what she Hogwarts. might because she the, might have schedule her name because she be, yeah she might have to go be on duty <laughs> <laughs> but like would she like what would be I, I can understand knowing so like you go on duty but she's also like she has to be at school yeah but it also might you know how we talked about we talked about like way back in the beginning like um teachers roles and responsibilities like who's patrolling the corridors at night blah 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 blah, blah. so yeah. maybe on her off night she does something for but the order are you al- i wonder if you're allowed to like i think dumbledore does whatever he wants yes but like <laughs> i would think that like if you are a teacher well it might be different this year because of umbridge though yeah mm. i just don't know if you oh, leave like hold on I well, she might know the schedule of who's doing what in the order, but um, there is a moment in the next chapter where Dumbledore says, like, he sends McGonagall to head Umbridge off because um, they're gonna take a port key out and go to Grimwald Place. So I wonder if um, the teachers, like, if there's something where they if they can't leave because of something Umbridge, like puts in place that maybe mm. we don't know about this clearly speculation and headcanon type of stuff, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I also have something unrelated, but still Potter related. Um, do you think that this, um, because of the results of what happens with Arthur, because they get to him so fast and he's in St. Mungo's so fast and blah, blah, blah. Do you think this is the moment that Voldemort realizes the connection or wait, what made him? Re- no. Cause he uses no. this to, well, he does. So he uses it to his advantage with Sirius, no, correct? But, but is this the moment where what he realizes happens? it? Because he uses it in chapters going on where he shows Harry the fake the fake uh, things that are happening, the fake vision. Yeah. So is this the moment where he realizes that he can use this, that they're linked? Then he's saying yes. Dumbledore mentions it. Okay. Yeah, so it this wouldn't is surprise the me because... As much as he's like, like Voldemort how, is dumb, he's how not did you dumb. get? How did you get there so fast? How was help? Blah blah blah. Right. And then he's you know putting together his little puzzle pieces and whatnot. Yeah, right. And I, I do believe this is. And the really, who is he going to monologue to to like make it so he doesn't get, you know, uh, his stuff done? Uh-huh. All right. I just wanted to bring that up. So I think this is a very critical. Obviously, it's a critical point, but it's a, it's a two for critical point. Pivotal moment. In the Harry mm-hmm. Voldy debacle. Pivotal, pivotal moment. Isn't that a part of a song? It's a pivotal moment. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Shoot, yeah but I can't think of what from? it is. 
Mm-hmm. It's the way that yeah. kiss this, kiss Da-na-na-na. this. Oh. <laughs> Faith Hill. <laughs> yes, Vinny, true. This is also a pivotal, pivotal moment in Sirius's death as well. Ah. Uh, that hits me. Like, that's going to be... It's going to be rough. Sucky. Talk about tears. Yeah. I feel like I want to cry now. Uh, well, let's not. Let's go to the lightning bolt round. Yay. Lightning bolt. Huzzah! Lightning bolt. I will say, sometimes we won't read all of the questions if we don't have enough time. Yeah, y'all. That, we're getting a, getting a lot of patrons, so um, try... We're, we're not going to be able to read them all. I love you guys. But we're going to do and, as many as we can. Yeah, we'll do we'll do what we can, and we have um, good timing on this episode right now. Yeah. So it's good. Not that the other ones weren't good timing. We just Sometimes talked about Harry Potter for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's and go half a chapter. <laughs> and I and I hope you all are very understanding of that fact. Um, we appreciate you. We appreciate your questions. It's just literally a timing issue. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. I like this one because we said that we were doing a little brunch this morning. What would Eric Munch be eating for brunch this morning? Sam asks us. Bunch of crunch. <laughs> Bunch of crunch. <laughs> Captain Crunch ripping your mouth to shreds. I'm gonna since s- 19, whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to say waffles with crunch bars mm. on top. Ooh. I like a good steak and eggs. Ooh. <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> What? <laughs> I think I think eggs. that he would like some steak and eggs too. I could see that with a nice steak and eggs. Um, steak a and cup of maybe a mimosa, a, a bloody mary. Who knows? It actually is steak and eggs, eggs and steak. That's what you should eat for breakfast. Delicious. <sighs> um, yeah. Next question. Next. Next question. <laughs> I thought Sarah was going to say something else. She like looked like she was going to keep talking. No. Um, Kirsty mm-hmm. asks if the trio worked at Hogwarts instead of working at the ministry, which subjects would they teach? Well, we know Harry would, would teach Dada defense. Yeah. Dada. <laughs> I feel like Hermione might do like transfiguration, transfiguration or, or ancient ruins. I was going to say ancient mm-hmm. ruins for her. Yeah. Ron. Yeah. I don't know what Ron would teach. Practical flying? joking. <laughs> Do they got a jokes class? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flying. Yeah, I yeah. got jokes. <laughs> um, t- Ron would be flying. the headmaster because he's Ron Voldor. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> Facts. Um, That's canon right there. Like that. uh, like what would Ron teach? Uh, um, Tanisha in the chat says muggle studies. <laughs> Oh, he could Think have his about dad how fun he would be. He would be a good Muggle Studies teacher, dude. And then Hermione, and then Hermione like, would come in. She would walk by. She goes, "That's not true, Ron." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is not the function of a rubber duck, Ron. Imagine Arthur Weasley coming to Hogwarts to teach Muggle Studies. He'd get like he'd have a whole lesson planned, and he gets stuck on like one tiny, minute thing, and be like, "How does this work? It's phenomenal." Yeah. <laughs> I could see like, I could see flying lessons because I feel like he would have like like he could be comfortable in that environment you know he gets his little confidence yeah. up because he's a good flyer and then he could and also he, he would be like the be a referee for the games yeah, yeah. yeah. and he'd love that yeah that would be good I, I enjoy that I'm into that um Kelly asks why does Cho think Cedric didn't know this stuff oh I saw probably because asked. he died yes what'd you say 
probably because he died. Like she thinks that maybe if he knew that he would have been able to at least try to fight, fight or do something. Yeah. And she just, she, she doesn't get it. I think yeah. it's also her brain trying to come up with reasons as to why justify. He might, yeah, like, yeah. Why did this happen? Yeah. And just trying to explain it to mm-hmm. herself and any possible mm-hmm. explanation at all. And it's difficult to yeah. accept yeah. because you just, you Voldemort want a good reason and, and decided. To kill I just, him. right. I love how Ron, or yeah. I love how Harry just is like, if he wants you dead, he's like, he, you're going to be dead. Yeah. Except you for know me. what I mean? Me. Like literally <laughs> how many, they were there for max, maybe 30 seconds before yep. yeah. he's like, kill the spare and he's gone. You well, know what and I mean? let's get serious though. All right, all right. Vol- I'm serious. Voldemort, Voldemort didn't actually physically friend. kill him. It was Wormtail. Well, yes, but like I'm I feel Voldemort's like that's something orders. we never say. Well, correct. And, and you know, like Harry and Cedric didn't go into that situation thinking we're gonna have to fight back on the defense. Yeah. No, they thought yeah. that they just they thought, won. They were they thought it was over. Like, yeah. 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 I bet down. they were thinking like this is going to take me back to the to the front of the correct. maze yeah. by the crowd. You know, it's just a support like a little tiny. Yeah. A to B. Yeah. Yeah. Also, though, like, I, you know, the second they're like, they get the cup, they think they're done. It's almost like, <gasps> yeah. And they're off their guard. Completely so relaxed. Yeah. They're done. Yeah. Um, which just sucks. And when you're and when your body comes off of that adrenaline that you have running in the maze, you crash. Yeah. So they probably crashed. And then, you know, Harry was Cedric like, nope. dies. And then Harry's adrenaline has to, like, shoot way back up to even start to think that, oh, I have to, you know, hide behind these graves so I don't get murdered. You know what murdered. I mean? Murdered. Yeah. Do you think it would have worked, though? Like, had he actually gotten hit? What? Hold on. If Harry had gotten hit by the curse, yeah. would the whole thing happen like it happened before? I and think like he, he, would have, he wouldn't be to talking to anybody at King's Cross. But yeah, he yeah. would have told Who to talk to him? Nobody. He'd probably board a train and be out of there. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I wonder who, though, like would have come to him. Who is dead at this his point? Parents. Uh, James. Yeah, I guess. His parents. They would be like, dude, dude, go back. Go back. <laughs> Who's dead right now? <laughs> Cedric. Oh, Cedric. Cedric could have been like, no, go back in there. Uh, go back and kiss my girlfriend my again. Oh, my God. Oh, she hasn't kissed him yet. This is pre kiss. Uh, Megan, yeah. you snake. <laughs> Brandon, a lot of people were, a lot of people. Hercules Mulligan was dead. Jeez. Uh, Can we give yeah, me another man, next question? Give me another one. Yeah. Vinny asks oh, Harry's difficulty in expressing and dealing with emotions is very clear in this chapter. Is this a consequence of his upbringing with the Dursleys? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I always say that people are a product of their environment. And when you aren't shown, like, let's be honest, he really doesn't remember his parents. He doesn't remember. Like that they were loving and they were caring and that like they probably hugged him all the time and like cuddled with him and all of these things. So when you grow up um, with people that are demeaning to you and make you sleep in a cupboard under the stairs and they probably never hugged him and they probably never showed him any type of like nice things. Of course, he's going to be probably feeling like awkward with any types of like um, physical touch and like not an emotion what am i thinking of physical something i don't know what i'm thinking what word i'm trying to look for but he's not used to it he's not used mm-hmm. to people 
caring for him and loving him until he gets to Hogwarts and he gets friends. And the very first time that he remembers having like a mother's hug is Molly Weasley hugging him. I can't keep talking about this because I will start to cry because <laughs> uh, it's sad because it happens in real life where like these like kids and people are raised this way where like they it's not normal for them. And then they like struggle with this as like an adult with like forming your relationships. Yeah. I think it's for it's sure. Um, it's for sure a consequence of it. I mean, nature versus nurture is a real thing. So he's just, he has a hard time expressing emotions. I, and I mean, Ron does too, but not to the extent that Harry does. Like, like Ron, Ron is a pretty emotional person. He just like, doesn't do the best job at, He's expressing. just a kid. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, sometimes, yeah. like, kids, like, think about how, typical, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I would agree, like, an average, quote, average yeah. person, because, like, I know how difficult it is to, like, tell someone you like them or that you have feelings for them because you're, like, terrified of, like, what if they say no? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be rejected because nobody wants to be rejected and you don't want to have them being, like, oh, that's great that you have feelings for me, but I don't feel the same way. Mm. And like expressing all of that, especially when you're like a kid and your hormones are raging and like all of that stuff. So like, I don't blame Ron. Yeah. And I don't blame Harry either, but like, I it's like apples and oranges a little bit. Right. I agree. Um, I'm going to kind of combine two questions to be one. So Sarah T and Nope Rope 84 asked similar questions. Um, do you think Hogwarts has a program to help kids with learning disabilities? And what canon HP character no. would you assign as a Hogwarts mental health counselor? Luna would be a great mental health counselor. I don't oh, think they have be. anything. I agree. I don't and think they should. I, I, agree. I think agree. Luna would be a good choice. I also think had Lupin not passed. Yeah, he would have been a great. He if he got his his own help, <laughs> I think he would be a g- Kate. You need some help. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I think I think Lupin because Neville. So Neville would be a great one. He's so good at herbology, though. He is a great, but you could do two. Like you know what I mean. Like I like to think that like sometimes you'd go to teachers, um, for advice, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're not great at giving it. I think Neville would be very good at giving it. Being like, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's sit down and talk. I think McGee would be too. Like for current, like for current times, like if this was for like Harry, Harry's class is still like the students. I think McGee would be a good counselor. And I think maybe um, Sprout. I think she might be a good counselor. She's a Hufflepuff. You know, they're good listeners. Possible. Possible. Flitwick, too. He seems very fair. Mm. Yeah, he does. Flitwick. Yes. We don't know a lot about him, but I think he seems fair. Um, Mia asks, any quality first kisses or are they inherently too awkward to be good? <laughs> I've had some good first kisses. <laughs> I've also had some bad ones, but yes, I've had some good first kisses. Quisses. Quality kisses. Marty and I's first kiss was superb. Mine and Meg's was cute. It was. We were young. We were watching A Walk to Remember. Mm-hmm. God, nothing like a what depressing movie to make you kiss. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good movie, though. Story. No, it was really cute. Sad. 
real sad. Oh. Um, yeah, I think it just depends on the person you're kissing. Yeah. But yeah, I've had some good ones. Um, also, Katie is my only first kiss. Meg was my only first kiss. Oh, we're so cute. Hey. Um, Lisa asks who. I've also. That's a lie. We had a first kiss. <laughs> Where did this go? We were at a wedding. It was just a peck on the lips. We had yeah, it was some pretty wine. funny. Oh. <laughs> All of a sudden there was face grabbing and a quick little smooch and I was like, I <laughs> We were fighting about something and I I think you like wouldn't think I would do it and I go, I would. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh man. Yeah. <sighs> you kids. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa asks, who gives the best hugs in the Potter universe and out of the four of us? Uh, Potter universe, Hagrid. Molly and Hagrid. Yes. Yeah, Molly, Molly and Hagrid. And Hagrid. That's I feel good. like Molly's hugs would be great. Yeah, that's a good mom hug. Molly and You'd Hagrid. You'd just be enveloped in Hagrid <laughs> if he hugged you. I know. Him. Think of how warm he would yeah, be. Yeah, so I would warm. be real cozy. And then I'd reach into a pocket and I'd be like, ooh, look, sausages. <laughs> I bet you, I bet Hermione gives and good tea. hugs too. I bet Hermione yeah. does. If she knows I you. bet Ron gives if good hugs. Mm hmm. Who's the best hugger out of us? Out of us? Probably Katie. I was going to oh, say Katie. Thanks. I could be We biased. all know it's not me. <laughs> I think I'm a great hugger. You are a good hugger. Not to say you aren't. Katie's a great hugger. Katie, let's have Wait. a hug off. Out of, <laughs> out of all of the hugs, like my our friend Alex gives great hugs. She does. I'm just small. Probably feels like a mouse is hugging well, you. Well, Alex is also small. <laughs> when she's probably maybe an inch or two taller than you, if anything. I don't know how tall she is. Our when friend. She probably is like 5'5". Five, five. Our friend Chris <laughs> used to hug like how Harry hugged Joe. Like a little pat-pat on Like the just a little pat-pat-pat. That was it. And I was like, <laughs> dude, you need to learn how to hug. And I taught him. And now he gives pretty good hugs. Yeah. We taught him how good to hug. Good for you. When Meg wants to give a real good <laughs> hug. She gives good hugs. But I have to want to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my um, God. Let's see. Marchismo asks, do you think long distance flu calls might sometimes have bad connections like long distance phone calls? This question came while we were discussing Hermione and Victor's long distance relationship potentially going on. What if they they like Wait, a, smoke, a smoke interference? <laughs> Do you think that long distance flu calls would have a bad connection like long distance phone calls, Sarah? Um, I don't know. I feel like magic might help them along a little bit. Maybe there's like a yeah. flu that's not as not cleaned properly, so it kind of like oh, I bet because you could get like you could get like soot in your lungs, yeah. and then cough, and then it's hard to talk. And got soot <laughs> interference, soot interference. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. CJ671 asks, do you think Nagini could tell that Harry was in her mind? I do. Oh, could be. I do not think that she did. No. I think maybe after this point she could, but maybe because this had never happened before. But Voldemort doesn't know about the connection and he can talk to Nagini. So that's why I like. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if she she finds out. She brought up the point that something was off. Yes. And then he realizes that the help came like almost immediately. And, you know, connections were made. But I think that maybe well, she sensed that something something was off. And, and I wrong. know that we've talked about like him being a seer versus like having 
it's the Horcrux. Because the difference for me between this scene of him being Nagini and at the very beginning of Goblet with Frank, he's like a fly on the wall. So like yeah. those are to me like different. that wasn't a Horcrux. Yeah. That's just him maybe seeing something. Seeing, yeah. Because like if it was there's no the Horcrux, Horcrux involved in this that. is much more direct. You know, connection. he wasn't Nagini's yeah. view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't because uh, like Voldemort's at that view. point Nagini was a Horcrux, correct? Because it was mm-hmm. Bertha Jorkins that turned her into one. Not just that, but whatever. However, you know, mm-hmm. but. If it was the Horcrux, he would have been. It would have been a different along. view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sydney asks, or more so tells Sydney. us, describe McGee's room decor. I saw someone comment um, and said cats and tartan. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> definitely tartan. I, I think a lot of a lot of Griff colors. I She's feel very like proud be very of her clean. house. Yeah. Clean. Lots Maybe of biscuits. Quite I tidy. Think orderly, but cozy. A nice yes. a cookie yes. jar. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. In the Similar shape to Griffin or Common Room, in my opinion. From the cookie jar. A cat cookie jar. A G. Yes. I don't think, I think that once she saw that Umbridge had cat stuff, she probably was like, mm, we'll just make it Griffin. Maybe she's she just like, cat, I'll make I know cats she's a cool cat. again. Because I like that. <laughs> <laughs> 2020, make cats cool make again. Cats cool again. Cats have always been cool. Except when they're associated with Umbridge. Um, last one. Sam Gartley asks, if you could get a chapter or book from someone else's perspective in the order, who would it be? Oh, in the order? Mm-hmm. I would want, um, This sorry, Katie, and sorry, Megan, but I would want something in Deathly Hallows, with, uh, the final battle, because I want to know what happens with Tonks and Rumors. I want to know, too. Yeah. Well, they die, but they don't. <laughs> it's all alive. <laughs> I kind of would. No, I want. I just want to know how everything went down because I feel like it was an epic fight, and mm-hmm. I feel like instead of just like, oh, there they were. <sighs> yeah, it's a horrible send off. Whoop! There they were. <laughs> I think it that is, I but would... honestly, I wonder. It, I wonder if. Um, I wonder if it hurt her too much to actually write it out. I'm sure she knows what happened in her head. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes don't writers go through painful things like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like who I'd want. And what I'd want. I would definitely want Remus. Same. But I but I think I would want Order of the Phoenix because I'm super interested in the order meetings <gasps> from I have like an order person's perspective. Like I have another one. Go for it. I wanna I wanna read a chapter on when Dumbledore put on the gaunt ring oh, yeah, and what made ring. him do it. Ooh, well, I know what one. made him do it. He thought that he could see but his like family his again, process. but, but yeah, but he put it on instead of like yeah. taking it out and turning it. And it's also Horcrux. So it's going to kill you anyway. Um, I wonder like, I, I would maybe want to, this is so morbid either like see serious, um, like what he was thinking, like whilst being, stuck at home alone or like McGonagall like after be like the died, most or, like, depressing so, chapter I I know I sadness was Sarah I, I'd like to know uh, their like thoughts and feelings like maybe mm-hmm. after Dumbledore was killed I would you know? just like the how, entire series how Dumbledore's or, point how of they view. all feel about Snape or maybe Snape after Snape everything Snape after he <laughs> Dark. makes sure that he fulfilled all of the things by killing Dumbledore. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to know what he was thinking. God, you just want the sad thing. I know, but... <laughs> I want to see it's Remus me. falling in love with Tonks. I want to see their relationship. Oh. What got him to it's agree to so get married and everything. Sad. Yeah, and just, like, even before, like, at Grimmauld Place, like, 
between oh. meetings and like getting to know each other. And it'd be more than a chapter. Getting to know it'd be cute. you. Getting to know. I mean, it could be a whole book. You. Yeah. You could. I also mean, it could be a whole series. Just yeah. read the Werewolf Who Stole Christmas, the best oh. fan fiction ever. So good. <laughs> All right. Great questions today, friends. Great questions. Fan story. Fan story. <clears throat> Hold on, I got something in my throat. I had to take a little sip of water. All right, so this week's fan story comes from Amy L. Yo, Amy. Yo, Amy. Hi. Dear Swish and Flick crew, even though I've been a podcast listener for many years, I only recently found Swish and Flick when I was perusing the iTunes store for a recommendation on Harry Potter podcast. I started listening to a few and decided Swish and Flick is the best. Thanks. Yeah, now yeah. I've been binge listening to two plus years and seven books of sheer fun and Potterverse knowledge. When my first... When the first Harry Potter book was published, I was already in my late 20s, mid-career with no time for leisure reading, let alone reading young adult books. So my first exposure to Harry Potter was through the movies. I watched them as they were each released and really loved them. It wasn't until my daughter was born that I decided it was finally time to read them and that I could justify my time by reading them aloud to her. I waited until she was six years old, not skilled enough to read it on her own, but old enough to understand the story, and we started with Sorcerer's Stone. She couldn't get enough and was always eager for more. And me too. So sometimes I would even read to her by phone or FaceTime when I was traveling for work just so we could get to the next chapter. One by one, we discovered the Potterverse together. Even though she was able to read it on her own after the first year, it was our time to share and the books were a way for us to bond. I'd like to think that our story reading time cultivated my daughter's love for books. It took a few <sighs> years for us to get through all seven as I spaced them out so she could mature as the books got darker. She's now in high school and has read them again on her own, and we've both, mm. both listened to Jim Dale's fantastic narration many times. We've also gone to Universal a few times and to the studios in London. My daughter and I can't get enough of these visits, and my wife, who has never read the books, happily indulges us when we geek out on all things Potter. <laughs> I'm a Ravenclaw, and my daughter's a Hufflepuff. My wife would like to think that she's a Gryffindor, but that's because she doesn't appreciate the other houses. <laughs> <laughs> you go, wife! <laughs> Hilarious. I love rediscovering the magic with, with the Swish and Flick crew every week, even as it is several times a day for now until I catch up. <laughs> Thank you so much for the insights and knowledge bombs. You're absolutely right that it is never too old to be a kid again. One fun fact, mm -hmm. I live in New York City in the same building as Daniel Radcliffe when he's in town. In fact, <gasps> I saw him so working cool. out in the gym this morning. So crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Hope this isn't too long, Amy L. Thanks, Amy. That's awesome. I like your story. <laughs> that's a cool, cool story. I love that you and your daughter got to like experience it that way together. Oh, so cool. Also, like I can't wait to start reading with Moana. Right. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's, it's going to be great. Also be like great. Dan Radcliffe. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Thank you so much for your story. And you're right. You can always be a kid. Mm -hmm. Tell me a joke. The unofficial Harry Potter joke book is back in my little paws. Was it where yeah. I said it? Was? Yes. So thank you. Oh, yeah. So now we're back on quality <laughs> jokes. Okay. What do you call a unicorn's father? Popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Can I read one? Yeah. It's not Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> Why do bees have sticky hair? I don't know, honey. Because they use honeycombs. Oh. <laughs> so good. So good. So 
social media. All right, my turn. <laughs> so you can find us on. Oh, first of all, I just want to give a congratulations to Slytherin on winning the House Cup of this episode. Um, Bogus. Dumbledore, come to our rescue. <laughs> yeah. Here's my question, though. Does it get redone every time? Yes, it does. Hufflepuff. Well, How do y'all nice have thing? hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of points? <laughs> I actually tried to like like stuff today. I like like stuff today. <laughs> oh, man. I... Um, I will admit that I, I may have helped Slytherin, but I, I won't do that again in the future. But, you know, I just we had to win this week. I'm sorry. Why? Why? You, you, win, like you win every week. You are so bogus. <laughs> you win every episode. Katie, talk to her. But I also think there's not that many Ravenclaws anyways. Um, Slytherin like, has what, the least amount of patrons. Actually, I tried to recruit them last week and I'm Great. going to ask again. <sighs> Hufflepuff one last week. I do believe actually Ravenclaw has the most patrons, Sarah. That's such a Ravenclaw thing to do, though. (laughs) (laughs) To be on a book Discord channel. (laughs) See, but like, I'm the type of person that, like, actually, so, well, I'll talk about it later on, but I'm like, I don't typically like do Ravenclaw things. I wouldn't say Ravenclaw things, but like, I don't know. I don't, I'm like the most awkward, shy person in the entire world. So, like, I wouldn't join like a Discord channel. Like, I never comment on things because, like, I don't want to be, like, that weird person that's, like, commenting on something. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, what are they going to say to me? Oh, how do I add a picture to my little thing? Whatever. And know I'm here. You all have pictures. Well, Megan and I don't. You can upload it, but I don't know how. Okay. Upload a picture on where? Just go to your settings on there. My profile picture. You go to your settings. (laughs) All right. Calm down. Calm down. What would you tell me? All right. Google it. Did you know that you can find us on Facebook at Swish and Flick Podcast? We also have a Facebook group called Swish and Flick Podcast Group. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Swish Flick Cast. You can follow your hosts, myself and Katie, are on Twitter and Instagram at The Petrus Family. Tiffany is on Twitter and Instagram at Tiff Swish underscore Flick. And Sarah is on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's. Um, if you are interested in supporting our podcast or if you love us and just want to support us, we appreciate it, first of all. And second of all, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash swish We have different levels that you can donate to us monthly from $2 up to $25 and each level gets you something different. Uh, Bow Truckle level gets you access to our Discord channel, which is on fire lately. <laughs> it always is, not just lately, but um, it's super fun. So uh, we would love to have more of you on here. And uh, congrats to Slytherin on the House Cup again. And I'm just saying we don't win very often. So uh, we're pretty low on Slytherins in the Discord channel. Kind of need some more. So Slytherins, help me out. Help me out. It's like literally three of us. And that includes me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So. I changed my picture. Oh, now I need to. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> Yay. What have I been doing lately? Well, this morning... I did a plyometrics workout with weights and thought I wasn't going to make it. No, we're not going to make it. <laughs> but I did make it. <laughs> no, uh, it was it was good. But yeah, I started back at work this week 
It's been fine. I've actually been liking um, the routine, so so that's good. I thrive off of routine. Thriving. You what? Thri- I'm thriving. Um, currently, my who's bond, Martinius Omelie and his mother <laughs> are, <laughs> are painting my office slash classroom. And then I'm going to get some curtains up and I need to order some prints. They're like white. They're like white. Sh- they're thicker than shears, but they're still like see-through ish. Oh, and it's the got room. like a gray thread in them. They're very, um, <laughs> the wall like light. color. <laughs> oh, I thought you asked about the curtains. The walls are gray. I meant the walls, but the curtains so pretty. They are. <laughs> um, no, it's the same gray as our bedroom. Oh, okay. Very okay. Nice. Thank you. So I like it. It's going to be a very calming, light, airy space. Do you guys have the paint for Milana's room? We do indeed. You should give it to us. We can paint. I think we have two room. gallons. Okay. Or maybe a gallon and a half or something like this. Yeah. You can have it. I um, want the ruby. <laughs> ruby. Uh, but yeah, just being a mama. Being a a learner, I'm learning a lot of new things. I might um, ask for Megan and Katie's skills to build me like a cute um, online classroom setting that I'm just springing upon them now. <laughs> yeah, you know we're always here. Listen, I just I don't have the brain capacity to learn all new systems and make it cute. Get serious. So um, I might be. My stomach is growling. I am a hungry hippo. So that's basically what I've been doing. But also, I just want to say I love our listeners. Swishers are the best. They are pretty awesome. So what are you doing, Megan? I am trying to pick a profile picture for Discord. (laughs) Um, uh, I am growing a bonsai tree. So... We went to Epcot yesterday to peruse and get some munchies for dinner. And we were walking through the Japan gift shop and they had little seedling kits that you can grow your own bonsai tree. So I got a red maple seedling kit and I'm going to document it on my Instagram. So here you go. I'm excited. I want a little bonsai. And apparently the kit gives you like a ton of seeds and you can start multiple bonsais with one kit. You just need to buy little pots to put the starter trees in once they grow after eight weeks. So I could have a whole bonsai forest by the end of this. We shall see. (laughs) (laughs) A forest. A little mini forest. It's going to be forbidden. Yeah, because it's up on the top floor of... Our complex, nobody is going to be seeing it except for me. Secret. Is it forbidden or is it the dark forest? It's both. Why do they do that? Why did they the change dark it? I don't know. It, it, it's dumb. It's dumb. Um, and then also I'm growing herbs in my arrow garden and I'm hoping to use my basil to make some yummy pasta sometimes. Pizza soon, so. on top of pizza. Yes, put it on pizza. And so I did my arrow garden before one time and my mint did not grow. And I was kind of sad because I really wanted to like make a mojito or something out of the mint that I grew. But it never grew the first time. But I officially have a little sprout 
It is growing. I'm going to have mint. I'm super excited. You're so Slytherin. You got a green thumb. I do. Sometimes. Only only with my arrow garden that literally does the watering for me and does the light and everything. I just had to plant the little (laughs) seed pods. It's pretty fantastic. Okay. That's it. Kate, what's up with you? uh, What am I up to? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> watching my girl. I don't know. <laughs> We're rewatching Great British Bake Off. She's literally watching plants grow. She's so awful buff. <laughs> um, still just, I don't know, trying to build up some design stuff. You know, got anything you need done? Whimsy creative design. Oh, someone did ask Chrissy S if we're doing more grown-up kids. That is in the plan. (laughs) We just need to sit down and do it. Keep saying that. So that's the plan. It's just, yeah, we would like to have it back. It's just like you know, like once something falls out of your routine, it's hard to get it back in. Force it back in. Yeah, Yeah. and then once it's in, Mm -hmm. cool. It's all good, but it's hard to make a habit again. We'll get there. How about you, Sasa? Um, I don't have much going on. Um, I'm still trying to read the Dragon Reborn. Is that what it's called? Yes. Um, you like it? Because I read. I do. I do. It was just that, like I read um, when we were like at the lake, which sounds so fancy. We you were, were at up the, the lake. It's at Lake Erie, which is five minutes down away from my house. But we took the little boat. We went to the island. <laughs> <laughs> We so not okay. <laughs> so, um, oh, you mean that lake? Yeah. I what other lake I like, do what? I talk about? <laughs> well, you were talking about Lake Erie. The but lake um, I read, like, I, I went through half of that book there. Like, I started on chapter, like, eight, nine, literally over halfway through. So I picked it back up the other day because I, like, just hadn't read. Um, And I don't know what I'm doing. School's starting soon. So I want to at least finish this book before school starts so I can focus on school. Good for you. Um, I still am reading my book and I haven't read since vacation because life. Yeah, it's been like two weeks. Yeah, it's been rough. Um, yesterday was my sister's birthday. Baked her a cake. It's quite delicious. Lady Supreme helped. Yes. Alana helped me bake. What kind of cake? Um, it is a chocolate peanut butter cake. You needed a, a gallon of milk really to good. have a slice. It, it was, was really one. good. That sounds awesome. It was really good. The chocolate cake itself is, um, like, even my sister said, she's like, that's the best chocolate cake recipe. I got it from, like, some blog on the internet. It was been so, it like I know people hate this word. It was moist. And <laughs> yeah, it's a very, it's a very good cake. Um, and you don't have to make a chocolate peanut butter. Like, the, the, the frosting was peanut butter, and then it goes, like, a chocolate ganache on top. So it's, like, chocolate peanut butter ganache. Um, mm-hmm. Ganache. Trying to think of what else I'm doing. I actually bought merch yesterday from so that murder makeup, the murder mystery makeup girl oh. Bailey Sarian, who I've been watching her YouTube videos. Nice. Um, she talks about like true crime on Mondays. She's also a makeup artist, so she like does her makeup while she's doing it. I just really like her, and I bought a shirt that says "Suspish" on it. Um, Mm. and I've never done this before. I was like, I've never bought someone's merch before, but I really like her. Um, and I've been working out to like watching her videos, um, (laughs) which is like morbid because it's literally talking about, unfortunately people dying, but man, when she like, she researches and stuff and it makes you really angry about people that like 
don't do their jobs when trying to find uh, these murderers mm. and like what happened to these people. Yep. It's very eye opening. It is indeed. But uh, that's my life. I'm not really doing anything. Those are all things that you are doing, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd love to take a nap today. We'll see if that happens. Yeah, let's see. Um, what is this for? For horcruxes and horrors? For first kisses. <laughs> for kisses and cuddles. Yeah. Oh, I like that. For kisses and cuddles, everyone. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. Forcing my mom to try new things. I can hear utensils in your background. Utensils. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> I have that song stuck in my head now. Okay, well, there we go. Nope, because Megan's mom is making breakfast. <laughs> That's fine. Let her do. Let her be. Fossington, Sir Fossington Bear. This card now. I want it how? What? Nope. I don't know. Keep on your side. Even if it all goes downhill for you, Discord, I mean, what am I trying to say? Skype still separates no out one our chats. Knows. <laughs> so. No one knows. No one knows. Like, you're cute. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.